0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Practical Christianity Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to share practical solutions to everyday challenges we face during our Christian walk. We share our own insights, experiences, as well as our understanding and application of biblical principles and lessons when it comes to overcoming these challenges. We are joined by co-hosts, Marcus, who is the Vice President for The Way, Ivan, who is the Vice President of Audiovisual for The Way, as well as our guest speaker, Oscar Lopez. Oscar has been a longtime friend, he's a frequent guest speaker here at the Westlaco Seventh-day Adventist Church and currently serves as an elder for the McAllen All-Nations Church. In this episode, we share our perspective on the topic of idolatry and discuss ways on how this subject affects our everyday life and what can be done to combat this issue. Now, on to our discussion. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of our Practical Christianity podcast brought to you by The Way. I'm Ethel De La Cruz, the host, and join with me are our co-hosts Marcus and Ivan, and our guest speaker, Oscar. Um, before we even get started on the topic of idolatry, I want to go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Does any Do any one of you guys want to pray?
1: Yeah, yeah I, I guess go I'll ahead, uh, and- go ahead and pray for us. dearly Father, thank you for this wonderful sabbath day that you've given us thank you heavenly father for giving us the privilege of uh allowing us lord to uh come together as friends and as brothers lord to uh to have a just have a discussion lord about uh about uh, your first two commandments lord which um you have made it clear lord over and over again that are that they are very important lord and i got i i pray to you lord that you guide our hearts and May your holy spirit be with us and guide our words and may your holy spirit protect us from any evil thoughts and any distractions lord and may we may we give it um all we've got lord and do this for you in your name i pray amen amen Amen.
0: all right so with that being said we'll go ahead and start off with our first question and i'll go ahead and read it the first two commandments signify the importance of worship to god why does god em- heavily emphasize the point of having no idols or gods before him in the second commandment
2: all right well i'll i'll start if you don't yeah go, yeah, ahead. Yeah, go ahead hello everyone i'm uh, oscar lopez friends <laughs> here with uh, marcus <laughs> and ethel and ivan um uh, first of all i want to clarify something when when we were looking at these questions um I wasn't very clear in my mind the difference between the first and the second commandment. And I thought it was, (laughs) you know, I wasn't very clear. I think a lot of people Probably go through there. God says thou shall not have any other gods before me in the first commandment. And then in the second commandment, he goes into talking about not making yourself a carved image or a graven image depends on what version you're reading. And then, uh, about serving them. And, uh, at the end I, he he says uh but he shows mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments which is mm-hmm. you know pretty mm-hmm. interesting in there where it's talking about idolatry i always used to think in my mind as especially when i was younger and it was a long time ago but <laughs> i used to those those two commandments kind of to me were almost the same thing i said like, well what's the difference not having other gods and not not having idols mm-hmm. you know is it the same thing and it's just until recently, and, and thinking about this, and, and, and it, it's come become a little bit clear, where I differentiate, you know, the first commandment is talking about anything that takes the place of God. And we'll say, well, you know what, that's mm-hmm. an idol too. Mm-hmm. But the second commandment talks about how you worship God mm-hmm. and why. Mm-hmm. It talks about the intentions, the motives, and also talks about in the manner and what you're doing. So I was, to clarify that, you know, talking about idolatry, uh, one of the first instances of idolatry, one of the most memorable ones is Aaron. Uh, With the golden calf. The golden calf. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he calls it Jehovah. He says <laughs> mm-hmm. tomorrow we'll, we'll have a, a, a mm-hmm. feast, a, a celebration to Jehovah. Mm-hmm. So you can, so that's the difference between the first and the second commandment. It's not, you could be worshiping the true God in the wrong manner for the wrong mm. reasons for the you know mm. so there's a way and god's telling us hey with me it's not like this and that's where he's clarifying the part of the idols so that's i just wanted to interject and say that and you said something really interesting
0: yeah um there's an interesting point in verse four so if we go to exodus chapter 20 right it's talking about the ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, starting with verse 3, which is the first commandment, You shall have no other gods before me. Verse 4, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Um there's a really interesting point in verse five where God states, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And it seems to signify, like, when we think of jealousy, there's like a negative connotation mm-hmm. to it, right? Yeah. Like we think of jealousy it's like.
1: She's with another man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Usually <laughs> you, it's like... think a, of it like in a relationship. Yeah, it's <laughs> like within the context of a relationship. Right. So sometimes you like w- with the word jealousy or um, it could be in the, in the context of like our own friendship where our friend gets something new or or someone that we know is a lot more successful and then we become like, man, that's... It, it, it's kind of like covetousness almost, but it's like, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I've
3: never experienced <laughs> yeah, that. I've never clarified a little bit more. Like, uh, <laughs> maybe uh, some practical examples. Some practical
0: <laughs> examples. Anyways, um, I think what's interesting with the point when 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 the word jealousy is in the same sentence of the word God, it's not in a negative light. Rather, when we look deeper into the text, when we when we understand where the israelites have come from to where they're at now um it's very profound for instance the word jealousy it's not an envious an envious sense of the word but rather a protective sense Mm. of the word um you can see with god because of that covenant relationship that he's established with israelites and they at that point may have kind of known it like you know we're in this relationship with god yada 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 but for God it's so much more than that so much more intimate and it's something that he wants to emphasize and it's the reason why he states that he's a jealous God he's delivered them and he's brought them out of bondage and he will continue to love you us the Israelites then so please like whatever you do honor our covenant honor our <laughs> relationship and that's the context of of why God states I'm a jealous God and is helps to just underscore the importance of the second commandment.
2: Yeah. So it's not like a uh, jealousy based in insecurity.
0: Hmm. Exactly. It's like it's, God uh, isn't insecure.
2: No, it's uh, <laughs> I love you so much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to share you. You know, I don't want somebody else to take the spot in your heart that only I can fill. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, one thing I, it, it's kind of, derailing a little bit but i think it's important to like provide context right so these are the israelites that are being given these commandments right and where did they just come from or where did they just get out of from egypt they got out of egypt right and so while they were in, in egypt they were worshiping idols i'm sure they saw it around them people worshiping idols they're
0: used to that lifestyle. right
3: they're used to that lifestyle and and I've i've always <laughs> heard people kind of like maybe make an argument that the commandments were meant for an Israel that just escaped Egypt. And, you know, they don't Mm -hmm. apply to us as much as it did to them because for them it was like, Hey, this is your new way of life now that you just came out of Egypt. But I think it's very important. And I think it's also important to God in the context of this podcast, when it comes to idolatry, that the fact that the first two commandments have to do with who you worship Mm -hmm. and what you worship. Right. And that's very, very important. And I think that if God is putting it at the forefront of these 10 laws that are now given to the people that just got out of Egypt, I think that, like I said, it's it's something that he sees that would be relevant to them and relevant to us. Right. In other words, he probably thought they're going to struggle with worshiping idols they're gonna struggle with having other gods, right? And even us today, we might have that same struggle and we think to ourselves, well, I mean, maybe why is it the first two commandments, like what's so important about them? But context is, you know, Egypt coming out of, I mean Egypt, Israel (laughs) Israel coming coming out of of Egypt. Egypt. So I think it's very important to state that, that way we understand in what context were these laws given. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, 400 years of slavery.
2: 400 years. That could do a lot. 10 generations. <laughs> and they're dipped in slave in uh idol worship. They're enslaved in a nation and they're surrounded by that uh you know, they they and all of a sudden you're taking them out of there and you tell them you're going to worship an invisible god. You know, how hard is that for people? I had mm-hmm. I'll share with you something that this, this same week, I was talking to my, my little girl, she's five years old, Miranda. And uh, man, little kids say the most interesting things. But <laughs> Miranda was telling me, you know, she told me I was talking to her and I mentioned God to her. Oh, I said, okay, we were talking about school. And I said, God gave you a good brain. And all of a sudden, she kind of threw me for a loop. She says, God, God's not real.
0: She's oh, wow. wow. God's yeah. not
2: real. He says, I don't see him. I don't hear him. Wow. And she's a, she's a five year old little girl. And she's telling me, I don't see him. I don't hear him. You pray, 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 pray. I never see him. I never wow. hear him. As a five That's what she told me. <laughs> oh. yeah, a five year old. She's <laughs> wow. reasoning with me. She's telling me all this. And this is a little girl that I've had a lot of conversations about this already. <laughs> wow! And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, she told me, And i'm sharing this with you but uh, she was telling me something along those lines that god doesn't exist he's you know it's not real and and i Mm. said you know how where is she getting these ideas from Mm. so i i started praying and uh like three days later she came up to me in the morning first thing she does is wake up she goes looks for me and tells me what she dreamt if she had a dream and uh, she tells me dad dad Jesus is real. (laughs) Jesus is real. I said, "Why?" I know this is going. going. What do you mean? Yeah, I I had a dream, and I saw him, and he put his hand on my on my head, and he talked to me. So, oh, you know, I was like, "Wow, praise God!" And then she told me this, this, this. Just a couple of days ago, she came and told me this now, and I'm saying, you know, how difficult is it to to explain to a, a little kid, and little children are honest she's saying i don't see him and i don't hear him how can i believe in him? and um you know a lot of the people when you talk to them about idols you know if you if mo- we talk about this in modern terms there's religions out there there's uh, churches that say well i have this to help me think about god which i can't see and i can't hear mm-hmm. so i have this form to help me worship him you know that's you know a form of idolatry exactly say. right yeah and they're saying you know there's we're talking about it, the invisible god mm-hmm. how do you believe in a god that you can't see and you can't touch right. and you can't hear you know maybe you guys want to elaborate on yeah. that.
0: i mm-hmm. think we're so used to something tangible something visible something that we can like it makes sense to our senses and to have an understanding of god from the bible where we can't necessarily see him when we want to we don't necessarily really hear him either like it's it's not like a conversation between us as friends here where I'm speaking, you can hear me, and vice versa. We, we can can't, see you. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and I can't, I can't touch God. I can't smell him. I can't do anything. Like my five senses, my five senses, uh, in relation to God, like it, it's just not, you know, there. We don't have that with Him. So it's very hard. But then again, it takes a whole lot of faith. For us to be faithful to Him and to know that, you know, even though I can't see Him, and we have to remember too, God wants to be close with us. He wants to be intimate with us, and He's near us every single day. But the reason why we may not feel that connection and that nearness to Him is because we're marred with sin.
2: Mm. Yeah, and the Bible says that our iniquities have made an exactly. separation between God. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: well, in SDA Bible Commentary Volume Two um it says anything that tends to abate our love for god or to interfere with their service due him becomes thereby an idol it's like ideal was saying so um because we don't we can't we don't smell god we can't touch him we can't see see Him. him anything that takes the place of of god or anything that any idea or any i guess pretty much anything um author says anything that goes in in the place of God's divine, whether it's doctrines or uh, you know scripture or just the idea of God itself, therefore becomes an idol
0: and that brings us to the second question what you had what you had already mentioned pre- previously, Ivan. what constitutes an idol? Hmm. So Ivan mentioned earlier the fact that it's not necessarily just. physical tangible object like in verse um, 4 of chapter 20 in Exodus God states you shall not make for yourself a carved image so it's easily interpreted like okay well don't bow down to a physical statue right that for us is like obvious Mm. don't worship a a carved image out of wood like those type of stuff like those physical things if it's a statue if it's an idol you're not gonna see me bowing down to it (laughs) But what constitutes an idol? Is there more to that, or is it simply just that?
2: Uh, if I can uh, say something, uh, I'm gonna read something real quick. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse fifteen. Moses is doing the the you know, going over their history and these forty years in the desert. He's their border of the promised land, and he reminds them of what happened on Mount Sinai. He says, take careful heed to yourselves for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest you act corruptly and make yourself a carved image in the Mm -hmm. form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth or the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground or the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth. And take heed, lest you lift your eyes to the heaven, and when you see the sun, the moon, the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you feel driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage. So even though, you know, we just mentioned, and it's going to sound like we're kind of contradicting ourselves, (laughs) we just mentioned we can't hear God, we can't Hmm. touch God. Well, maybe you and I haven't, but the Israelites saw his presence on the mountain, but they didn't see his form. Mm -hmm. He says, You didn't, you, you, his presence was felt. It was there. There were signs because of everything reacting around him. The mountain was on fire. Um, The, 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 we heard his voice. He, he actually spoke the Ten Commandments Mm -hmm. to them audibly. They heard it and they were so scared. They were shaking. They they were trembling. They were so scared. They said, Moses, you go and speak to him. We don't want to speak to him. We're afraid we're going to die if we're, we keep listening to him. <laughs> so the, he was there, but he, he emphasized there was no form. There was, you know, don't have. I guess to me, when when you when uh, the the second commandment, when when I when I understand from it is God wants us to know Him as who He is, and not imagine uh, who He is mm-hmm. and make a God that we fashion. In our own likeness, or with our own Mm -hmm. imagination, you know, and saying, "Well, to me, God is like this," or "To me, God is like that." Mm -hmm. Um, We also talk about idols, like what constitutes an idol. We're saying, "Well, it's not just just making something and bowing down to it. Mm -hmm. It's it. What do you bow down to? (laughs) You know, we might not physically bow bow down to it. uh, In Ezekiel, I'll just read this real quick. Ezekiel, Ezekiel. maybe it's the same thing. Ezekiel (laughs) fourteen. 14 verse 3 says son of man these men have set up their idols in their hearts yes and put before mm-hmm. them that which causes them causes them to stumble into iniquity should i let myself be inquired of at all by them you know maybe that was the verse you were going to read on yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so there's one too. we can have idols in our heart and now we have modern idolatry you know i don't know mm-hmm. if you guys want to Speak on, on that point.
1: Well, I had something on um uh like like you were saying, how in the heart. So what do we accept? That definition that we well that I read from uh SDA commentary volume two where it says that in that an idol is something that interferes with the service, like something that I guess blocks God's love from reaching us. And the way I was telling Etiel is that God gave Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, in in Daniel chapter three, he gave him a, a vision. He gave him a doctrine that was truth it said you know your kingdom will come to an end and nebuchadnezzar said uh in response to him he made his own doctrine he made a uh, a statue of gold and he basically said that's not gonna happen what's gonna happen is i'm going to rule forever uh you know god of god of the jews And then he commands, you know, it says that, you know, all, you know, that the nations and tongues that they came yeah, to worship. and they worship. So he commands them, accept this doctrine that I have brought up. Basically accept it or you will be thrown into the fiery furnace. And, mm-hmm. you know, they could have bowed down and not really believed it. But, you know, bowing down is a, is a sign of worship. That's, that's a different topic, mm-hmm. right? But what I'm getting at is the way I see it is the idols that we worship Uh, today come from false doctrines that we accept whether it's from a different religion or you know essentially saying um i guess the topic of you know the sabbath the topic of uh you know the state of the dead you know are the dead really dead or are they still living and i I know these are all like different topics for you know for Mm -hmm. different days but you know are we going to go to god's given truth and are we going to accept it or are we going to accept a false doctrine that blocks our minds and our hearts from accepting the true love of god
2: you know something very interesting god created us and in our natures is the will to worship Mm -hmm. and the whole great controversy you know at the at the at the root of it is worship the creator not the creature right not the created being satan wants us to worship anything but god worship (laughs) yourself worship something created worship whatever anything other than god you know we 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 read we mentioned you know we we read the the ten commandments of the the part where he says don't have other gods before me don't make yourself an an image a, a carved image and if what happened right when 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 moses goes up to the mountain for 40 days 40 nights these people think oh something happened to him and aaron goes and builds this idol they had just heard god mention it from god's own voice who do you think instigated him to build that idol (laughs) who was influencing that satan right you know he and satan didn't say hey worship me and he says, hey, "I'm here. Worship me." Just as long as he deviates worship from God,
0: yeah, and it doesn't worship. matter, like whether it's an image or not.
2: So, I, I'm going to answer. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, no, but, go for it. Um, he he asked, "What constitutes an idol?" Well, anything that takes the place of God. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yep,
0: so that is the point.
2: And and to to clarify a little bit, anything you love more than God. Mm-hmm. Anything you fear, reverence more than God. Anything you serve, more than God. Did I, I mention love? Uh, fear, serve. Serve, serve, and there's another. I always forget. There's four points, <laughs> and I always forget <laughs> the fourth but I get to number four, and I you forget. Keep it to three points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's there's a love serve fear. fear and i'm gonna owe you the fourth one it, <laughs> it might just, come back it, later it, yeah
3: but it, it might yeah, come yeah, back in another later. episode but no. <laughs> maybe but that that no like that's a really good point because um i know we we're talking about you know bowing down and and mm-hmm. you you i mean it, it says it in the commandments itself but you think to yourself well you know i'm not prostrating myself in front of uh statue of michael jordan or something like that trust
0: okay you there wow is, <laughs> there is trust. A point.
3: anything you love more
2: serve more fear more trust more than god mm. is, an is an idol the idol. last one's the important one
1: <laughs> yep,
3: yep. <laughs> yeah. but, but back to my point mark is like you're saying well i don't you know bow down to that image of kobe bryant or lebron james that i have in that poster in my room or you know i i don't bow down to you know a replica guitar that i have from one of my favorite rock star people or anything like that and i think that sometimes we have to understand that when it comes to having something or someone before god doesn't necessarily like, include the process of you bowing down. So, and who
2: would you rather spend time with
3: exactly? Hmm. How
2: mm-hmm. much time do you devote to watching a football game, right? Watching the Cowboys lose, please? Wow, <laughs> versus you know, I'm sorry, I'm taking a jab here at Marcus. <laughs> there he goes. Uh, versus you know, prayer, how much time do we pray, put him right. to prayer yeah. or right. in, in studying God's word or in sharing God's word or in serving Him, you know? what would you rather do than that right? or
3: enjoy more than that? And and that was like the end of my point essentially, so I'm glad you brought it because now it's like right here in the forefront. It's not a matter of, you know, I'm not physically bowing down or like the physical act of worship or anything like that, but what are you putting in front of God? Mm -hmm. Is it the music you listen to? Is it hobbies that you do? You know, maybe it's sports. And some people say, well, you can't really get mad at me because I spend time at the gym. What, you want me to be not healthy or an unhealthy person? It's like, no, we're not saying that we want you to be an unhealthy person, but when it consumes your life more than what you give to God, then your quote, 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 unquote, healthy habit- Is becoming your idol. Is becoming your idol. Yeah.
0: and that's why verse, what, what Oscar had brought up, <clears throat> earlier was in ezekiel chapter 14 verse 3 where it says son of man these men have set up idols in their hearts and put it before them so it's this idea of idols not necessarily being a physical Mm -hmm. being a physical structure but principles and ideas from the heart like i spend more time doing this i spend more time at the gym as you mentioned marcus or watching the game, watching the football game. I have all of these things, or for instance, work, school, like those things we use as an excuse of like, well, they're not necessarily idols. I don't think so, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, right? Because they're necessary things in life. I have to go to work. I have to go to school. But if it takes up so much of your time to where a lot of your time throughout the day isn't even devoted to God, It's an idol.
3: And real quick, just to piggy off, piggyback off of what you said, if you don't know Ethiel, Ethiel plays the piano, and he is quite good at it. Um,
0: yeah, but, I'm just no. <laughs> Yeah, like
3: he's, he's really good at it. And some might say, well, that's a gift from God. And yeah, he plays it up there in church. But what about if Ethiel, when he goes home, is like, I'm putting hours and hours right. and hours into it and it's not even to play your favorite top 100 hymns or your favorite you know 96.9 <laughs> you know christian radio songs it's to play the music that he likes the complicated maybe the more intricate music and so we take that gift from god and we he uses it and puts it in front of god unironically you know A even that, that even god that can, can be, be an idol, an idol. Mm-hmm. exactly so
0: hmm let's move on to our third question our generation today suffers from constant distraction due to the rampant growth of media how does one remain solely faithful to god amidst the cares of this world
2: mm. that's very very difficult i mean what what we're facing right now in this generation is very challenging. No, nobody else before this had to face something like this in, in terms of, um, access, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the internet information. <laughs> yes. Needless.
0: Should I say more?
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 45 years old and I still remember the days when you would come home and ask who had called you, you, know, cause <laughs> you didn't have a cell phone and you're you hurried, you know, from one place to another to pick up a cell phone. That was just people being able to be in touch with you. Mm-hmm. Then come along the smartphones and now you have all this information that you used to have to sit in front of a computer to to look at an encyclopedia. You know, now you have <laughs> you have it at literally at your, at fingertips. your fingertips, right? Wow. And mm-hmm. you have so much access and You know you can be doing this where nobody else is seeing you too because you know computer's pretty bulky it's hard to hide a computer and stuff but you have so much access social media uh pornography Mm -hmm. uh all these things that 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 are a challenge in, in our times you know how how do you you know keep your your heart your mind pure when you have so many, this, this huge Avenue, you know, this huge, uh, well, it's media where no. Satan can, can infiltrate your mind or bombard
0: us. When it comes to the question of remaining faithful to God, and the chaos of this world, like what you had mentioned, Oscar, how the internet media is just so rampant now, like it's hard to be focused, right. To stay focused on God um essentially like all of the stuff that we we have in our lives can become an idol so Mm -hmm. very easily whether it's work school any of these stuff um spending even our time on our phones like it's it's crazy to think about it and we're called as christians to always have god in our hearts that every moment um should be meditation to god in prayer like i'm not necessarily on my knees praying right but everything that i'm doing everything that i'm saying god should always be in the back of my head it's like am i am i saying what am i doing is it a representation of god and what comes to mind when it comes to remaining faithful to god i think of when we become transformed into his image right when we behold him we start to learn about him fall in love with him and we go through that phase of I love God. I'm spending time in his word. I'm, you know, changing things here and there in my life. I'm getting rid of the bad stuff, right? These these evils of this world, the idols, <laughs> you know, we can say in the context of our episode today. Um, but I'm reminded of the parable in Luke. So Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, 24 to 26. It states... When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Mm. <laughs> the The issue when it comes to this parable is the fact that that person like whose idols right we can say that whose demons like these things were driven the bad stuff the bad habits were out of his life but he was left he, empty. yeah he knew God he, he finally had a revelation of who God is like you know what I'm gonna get rid of this stuff but the problem is is that he never filled it with anything good to replace to replace it and so a big thing when it comes to being faithful to God is okay I got f- I got rid of social media Right, maybe that was an idol in my life. I have um, gotten rid of maybe, you know, other things like, for instance, sports. For us, like that's a huge thing to watch, and so I'm I'm lessening my time in that. I'm maybe even not even watching that anymore, and I'm cutting all of these habits that I used to be doing before. But I'm never filling it in with prayer. I'm not doing my devotionals. I'm not reading God's word. We lose that faith in God that when we've, that we first had that revelation of him. And then we lose that. We aren't able to remain faithful to him. And the state that we were in now that are in, that we are in now is worse than before.
2: We fall back into our we old fall habits back. and yeah. we fall even harder because exactly. we get discouraged and say, Oh, well, I was up there and, and you feel powerless now because mm-hmm. you've given in again. Mm-hmm. Um, You get discouraged. Mm -hmm. But I was, right now you're talking about all that. And in the second commandment, and there's that phrase at the end that says, to those that love me and keep my commandments. And and, uh, there's a reference to love, obedience and love. Remember Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the heart of all of that, in Matthew chapter 22, when they, they asked him, you know, a teacher, which is the the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. I'll stop right there. I won't say everything Jesus Mm -hmm. said that time, but it's a battle for all our heart. (laughs) And the second commandment, talking about idols is getting to know god truly don't imagine yourself a god don't let anybody else take the first commandments. don't have other gods mm-hmm. don't let your heart go after those things because you're going to be sorely disappointed you'll be left empty and dead at the end mm-hmm. the second part is get to know me don't let satan paint a picture of me which isn't true don't imagine who I am with your, you know, f- finite brain. <laughs> I'm revealing myself to you through nature, through my word, through providence, through how I act in other people's lives. Get to know me. Get to know me because when you know me, then you will love me. Then I'll have your heart. So how do we do that you know to, to today satan's trying so hard for us not to know god truly mm-hmm. and not to look there's so many distractions i think that's the biggest thing satan's keeping us busy mm-hmm. and distracted mm-hmm. so that we don't contemplate because second corinthians uh, chapter 3 uh, there's there's a law there the law of contemplation 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 I'm going to read that 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 and it reads like this it says but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord so there's a transformation that takes place in what we're contemplating you know, and worshiping, and Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 3, this is life eternal, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus, whom you have sent. Hmm. So Satan wants to keep us from How, you know, this problem with idolatry is, you know, it's it's been present from the very beginning, Cain and Abel.
0: Right. It yeah. was the
2: true God. They were both worshiping the creator. There wasn't idols to another God. There wasn't, but there's, you have a picture of two worshipers worshiping the same God in a different manner. Mm -hmm. God accepted one of them and he didn't accept the other. And it led to the true worshiper being murdered by the the one that wasn't Mm -hmm. worshiping God according to God's will. So, you know, that's at the very, heart of idolatry you know worshiping a god you don't know or worshiping or pretending to worship a god you don't love
0: right yep
2: and saying you know what when you say you know what i'm going to worship you my way well who's really god in that relationship Mm -hmm. exactly Exactly. Yep. Yep. yep you know and Aren't we like that? Aren't we sometimes in an idolatrous relationship with God where Mm -hmm. we want God to bend to our will? And if he doesn't do what I ask him when I pray, (laughs) well, I don't want anything to do with him. Who's God in your relationship? That's Mm -hmm. something for us to think about.
3: It's almost like looking at God and thinking to yourself, well, what can you bring to the table? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, let's start with that. How about I made you? No, I I, I get that. I've had this conversation with Ethel, and we can say it for another time, but that is a very, very good point. You know, just when you're worshiping God, is it with the mindset of you worshiping your Creator, the Creator, Mm -hmm. the God of of everything, or is it, you know... What can I get out of you? What can I get from you, God? What are you going to provide me with today? And in a very like, I don't know, narcissistic mood, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's not well, not sometimes. That's a very bad mindset to have out of it.
2: Yeah, it's it's. If you look at an, it, it, let's let's look at just how people worshipped idols back then. They they would present gifts to them, you know, false gods, idols. They'd go and they give offerings. Even in today's times, there's a lot of religions like mm-hmm. that where they go and they say, if you do this for me, it's transactional. I'll do this for you, I'll bring you this offering, I'll do this for you. Very business-like. To, yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's transactional. And that's not the type of relationship God wants to be in with us. You know, so the second commandment is in there to to protect us from falling into that. Mm -hmm. Even though we say, hey, you know, I'm worshiping Jehovah, the Creator. You know, I believe in Jesus. But, you know, what kind of relationship do you have with them?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. I think when we come to wrapping up, like that question of remaining faithful to God, I forget where it is in the Bible, but it's that verse that states um, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, meditate on these things, right? And I'm just paraphrasing, summarizing. That is so important when it comes to our day and age, amidst the distractions of this world. Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8, because if we keep that in mind, putting our hearts on God, you know, meditating on things that are true, meditating on things that are noble, meditating on God constantly, that helps us to pay attention constantly in our lives amidst the distractions of this world and remain faithful to Him always always having that image of god before us knowing that he loves us knowing that he's there for us knowing that he cares for us um we can be surrounded with our work we can be surrounded with the stresses of school but all of that shouldn't faze us when our minds are constantly on him
2: yeah no i'm when you say that i i um always go back to that verse in in hebrews chapter 11 where it talks about moses uh where he he rejected growing up in a palace with pharaoh with all the comforts and uh he says rather choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people i'm reading from hebrews chapter 11 verse 25 choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of god than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproach of christ uh, greater um i'm sorry esteeming the reproach of christ greater riches than the treasures in egypt for he looked to the reward by faith he forsook egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible
0: Mm -hmm.
2: he kept his eyes on him who is invisible Mm -hmm. he was able you know when we truly see god the way he is, when we see, and his maximum revelation is Jesus. We see him as he truly is: his nature, his character, his interaction with men. We fall in love with him, and when we fall in love with him, there's no room for idols.
0: Exactly. There's no room for false. That's gods. so true. That's yep. a very good point. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and and the whole, you know, that's why Jesus summarized the law of God, is a law of love. You know. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's a relationship of love. And we can't love a person we don't know.
0: Amen. Yep.
2: You know, so that's the second commandment, is a guard against, you know, don't pretend to be worshiping me when you don't know me. <laughs> well. Don't make yourself an image of me that doesn't exist worship me. You don't need something standing in front of you. You don't need something to to touch. Worship me, get to know me. I'm doing everything for you to get to know me. Just give me a chance. Mm -hmm. I
1: guess Mm -hmm. you could say, what is God is not as important as who is God.
0: Amen. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Thank you to our guest speaker, Oscar, and co-hosts Marcus and Ivan for joining us on today's episode. We hope that you all have gained some important insights in regard to the topic of idolatry and we encourage you to join us on our next episode on the Practical Christianity podcast. Follow us on Instagram at theway underscore SDA and on Facebook at theway SDA. And feel free to send us your comments and suggestions as well as details on how you can get involved. Thank you for listening.